What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. What up, what up, what up, though? Ball Hawk Show. From the side of the ball court If you know, you know One stop like a Walmart We got the tennis balls for the wrong sport If you know, you know If you know about the carport The trap door's supposed to be awkward If you know, you know That's the reason we ball for Circle round twice for the encore If you know, you know What up, what up, what up, what up, do? Welcome to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Amar Hawkins. I appreciate you rocking with me on this Monday for another episode of the Ball Hawk Show podcast. But we're doing who's on the line today and waiting until you see who we have on the line today. Before we get started, make sure you subscribe to the Ball Hawk Show podcast. Go to anchor.fm, go to Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Blog Talk Radio, YouTube, anything that uh, will share podcast episodes your boy's there so make sure you go there follow me on twitter instagram at i am ball hawk and make what okay petty hawk said he wanted to come on introduce our special guest for today yeah i mean you really can't introduce him we got it you gotta wait so go ahead just do your introduction go petty hawk drink your shut the hell up juice what up people you know who it is it's the fan favorite it's petty hawk i'm here you know, who's on the line? He never asked me to add my input, so I just bullied him. So today we got a special guest. Uh, oh, that's right. He said I can't say the name until the interview. His done. name. Uh, so we got a special guest, and I'm going to give you a hint. Um, Don't say his name. If you feel that froggy, you need to jump. Okay, go, that's enough. I didn't say his name. Go. What up, what up, what up? So here we are, another who's on the line. And on the line today, I got a guy that is... Regarded as the greatest kick returner in not only UVA history, ACC history, but one of the greatest kick returners you ever seen in your life in the NCAA. But he wouldn't know it because he don't pay attention to that type of stuff. He out there, you know, before the sun come up, hunting things that we don't even eat, but he hunt them. And I'm talking about my man, Joe Reed. What's good with you, Joe? What's up, yo? Thanks for having me, man. It's an honor to be on here talking to you, talking to Wild Nation and all other fans. Hey man, you know we got to catch up with you. We know that um, it's a busy part of your life right now as you gear up, getting ready for the NFL. So uh, first of all, man, how's everything been going on with you since um, the last game versus Florida in the, in the bowl game? Yeah, so after the game, you know, I took about a week off. I actually stayed in Miami, and um, from Miami, I traveled down here to Fort Lauderdale, which only about thirty-five minutes or so. So, you know, I've just been training down here and training, training twice a day, getting my diet right, getting endless rehabilitation, mm. um, anything that's hurt, you know, going to the chiropractor and, you know, just really getting adjusted to this new lifestyle because um, it, it's literally like a job now. Yeah, you know, this is all I'm, I'm all I'm doing. Um, football training and com- coming back home and going to sleep, just do it the next day, you know, and it's something that I'm really enjoying, um, you know, definitely. A dream come true just to even be in this position and in, in the consideration to play at the next level so you know everything's cool and i'm enjoying it yeah man you talked about when y'all played uh florida and you stayed down there in miami how was how was it just 
you know, enjoying the sun and the warm weather down there in Florida. Yeah, man, it was awesome. Uh, I was with my best friends. You know, I was with uh, Chucky D, uh, B Perk, <laughs> B Nell, you know, all the guys. Um, you know, we just we just took that week, you know, just to settle down. Um, you know, obviously we were off of a off a bad loss, but you know, I think it was a successful season. So mm-hmm. we just took that week just to settle down, you know, relax, put everything to the side. Um, just really enjoy each other's company. You know, like we say, yeah, we, we hit the beach, um, got some got some sun in, mm-hmm. you know, got some good food. Man, we had an awesome Airbnb, let me tell you. Yeah. Not too yeah, not too far from, <clears throat> from Ocean Drive, but yeah, it was a, it was a solid weekend. It was something that I think you know all athletes need once in a while. Just you know, just just to get away for a little bit, um, clear your mind. Especially for me, since I was you know transitioning into a whole different phase of my life. So it, it was definitely a much needed week for me down there in Miami. Yeah, man. I noticed you said it was a bad loss. Now a lot of fans, a lot of aficionados would think that, you know, the UVA football team was just happy with reaching the type of bowl that, that they earned and the the fact that they almost beat Florida, like that was like a moral victory. But you said uh, bad loss. So dive into that, man, because that's the competitive edge yeah, right there that you I that was going to say, I mean, just, just as a competitor, you know, honestly, I think, I think any loss is a bad loss. But, you know, I just think that was one of those games when you look back at it, uh, we were just more than capable of winning that game, man. You know, Coach Hall always told us that a game is going to come down to two or three plays, man. Mm. And that's that's so accurate. So, you know, that, I just I say it's a bad loss because I think that's a game that we could have won. And, yeah. You know, we could have won on top and, and easily easily won that bowl. Not, not easy, but, you know, it was it was definitely reasonable for us to win that game. And that's why I said it was a bad loss for us. No, nah, man, that, I mean, but that's something that, you know, fans definitely enjoy that feedback that you just provided because a lot of times they always ask, like, like more victories. And I always say, you know, from an administrative and business standpoint, with the brand of UVA, um, you look at it, that's like a more victory because of the stage that you've elevated the program to. But as an athlete and as a player who's actually competing in the game, you don't bust your butt all those weeks just to have more victory. So that's why I wanted you to dive into why you considered it a bad loss. Not, you know, so it could clarify that you weren't saying like, yo, you know, we, we were that much better, but the reason why. So that's right. all I wanted to do. So I'm yeah, glad to clear think, that up. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the stage that the program is at now, man, that's important too. Because I mean, at this point, UVA football, you know, we're just expecting to win every game. Mm. Um, you, you know, I, I can say, I can say maybe a couple years ago, more victories were a thing you know yeah. we were happy to get the six or seven but you know that now at this point you know we, we're just expecting to win all we want to do is win um you know not to look forward but you know the, the opener against um georgia this year mm-hmm. you know that that's that's a game that i'm hoping that the fans and, and the support are not just going in looking you know for one of those more victories man because i can tell you right now in the locker room in the weight room outside doing drills uh that's that's a game that the guys are expecting to win so Oh, that's dope, man. That's dope. Yeah. That's that's dope insight that, you know, I'm glad you shared. But, you know, with that being said, we talked about the bowl. We got to the end of Joe Reed's college career. So we're going to take it all the way back. We're going to take it back to Randolph Henry High School in Charlotte Courthouse, Virginia. Yo, looking back over your bio, I did not know that they were so confused at where they wanted to play you at. Because when I look at your, your bio, like I said, you know, one year you have like, 900 yards rushing as a freshman and 18 touchdowns then as a sophomore 
you move the receiver, have 900 yards, yeah. <laughs> 15 touchdowns, and then you move to running back. Well, no, I think you were receiver again because you had 15 yards receiving. And then your senior year, you had 2,100 yards rushing and 38 touchdowns. So it was just like, yo, man, what's going on, Joe? Like, why they can't yeah. keep you at one spot? <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, yo, I had no idea what I was going to play until mm-hmm. probably like the third or fourth day of camp when we really knew who was going to be out there playing. We'd be lucky to have, um, you know, 22 guys out there we can go. Wow, uh, you know, offense and defense. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even when I went to camps in high school, I used to just play around with positions because I had no idea what I would play. I remember I would go to UVA, go to quarterback position. I go to the running backs, go to receivers, um, and just just try new things out. But I mean, I, I think that's one thing that that helped me. Mm-hmm. You know, in hindsight, when I look back at it, it's just just playing different different positions. Because for example, you know, playing quarterback and playing receiver as a quarterback, I know what the receiver was looking for and vice versa. So it, it really helped me um, really expand my football IQ, really helped with, with my versatility and just being an overall better football player. Now, I agree with that, man, because you, you scored a lot of touchdowns. I mean, 18 as a freshman is phenomenal. Then you followed up with 21. Then you had 15 receiving touchdowns that they provided for us. I'm pretty sure you scored more than that. And then you're seeing you scored 38. So at the end of the day, when schools were recruiting you, they knew they had a day going strike up. I call you a strike up the band because when you touch the ball, you tell the band get ready, start playing because he about to score a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> so how was the recruiting trail for you, man? Were, were a lot of big teams biting, or was the the flip flopping from positions really had these schools not knowing where they want to put you at in the next level? Uh, well, my my recruiting was was kind of unique. So I grew up a Virginia fan. I knew I wanted to go to Virginia. Um, went to all UVA camps. Mm. Long story short, I committed early my sophomore year. So I really didn't have much of a, a, a recruiting process. I talked to a couple other teams. Um, most of the teams, you know, they, they talked about receiver, slot, uh, just getting the ball in space. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, for the most part, it's always just, just been uh, Virginia. And, you know, Coach Higgins was always my guy. And they were going to go with receiver, and that's it was going to be when I got there. Man, I did not know you committed your sophomore year. That's yeah, that's my, like my that's like a brother, that's like you know relaxation. Your last two years when you know you when you already understand that you earned a scholarship yeah. to a D one school and you're comfortable with committing because you said that's your dream school. Like, how was the last two years of playing high school, knowing that was- you have already committed? <laughs> It was fun. It was definitely <laughs> right off my shoulders, especially during the season. Cause I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm gonna go out here and ball on Friday. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm gonna get some sleep, and I'm going to Charlottesville and, and watch them play UNC or whoever. So it was, it was really just a, a fun time in my life where I had put all that, all that aside. I was ahead of my my academics, so mm-hmm. you know, school schoolwork wasn't a problem either. Man, I was just having fun, really. How many games you think you attended? Through high school, coming up to UVA, wow. <laughs> a lot, huh? So I'm gonna go. I, I would say 15 minimum. Um, the games, yeah, the games I went to. I, literally, if they were at home, mm-hmm. I'm telling my parents, like, yeah, we're we're out of here. We're, we're going to the game. I'm texting Coach Higgins, like, Coach Higgins, you got my pass? Am I good? I, I'll be here this time. So, yeah, it, it was it was definitely a fun process, and I loved every moment. 
That's crazy. That's that's no, that's a dope story right there. I mean, because I went through the recruiting process, but I I never thought about you know what if I would have committed early, how would I would have like how would I approach just the game because. You know, once I committed and I was running track, it was easy because I knew I was going to school. But I can only imagine, man, going through camp two additional years knowing I'm a Cavalier. Like, I'd have got through the hard part. Now I just got to make maintain my grades and, you know, pass the SATs. But that's that's a phenomenal story, man. So you get up here. Mike London recruited you and you committed to a Mike London coach team. And then Coach Bronco Mendenhall, um is presented as the new head coach. What were your thoughts on Bronco after his first press conference and the message that he set out as far as earn not giving? Yeah, so that was really the only bump in the road. Um, when, I, when I saw that come up on my news feed, I'm like, dang, I, I've been committed to Virginia for two years. They're getting the new coach. I had no idea what the outcome was going to be. Because hmm. um, I know so, some coaches, you know, they don't honor the commitments or, you know, they, they, they look into stuff like that. But I mean, literally, I think the next day, Coach Hagens and Coach Vendahal both reached out to me and um, asked if they can come give me a home visit. And then that's that's actually when I went and watched Coach Vendahal's press conference. And, you know, the thing I got from it was it was just going to be a matter of hard work. And that really excited me because, that, I mean, just coming from my background, growing up with my dad, that's really all I knew. And, you know, I, I knew at that point that he would turn the program around. Well, that's that's phenomenal. That's crazy that you said that because um, Bryce said the same thing. Bryce said because you guys are the same boat. Y'all came in together, and right. he said the same thing. He echoed. The, I mean, it's almost like carbon copy. He was like he liked it because Coach Bronco was all about hard work, and Bryce said he liked it because he felt like everybody was starting from the same level. Like it was no favoritism. It was mm, you know a clean that's a great slate point. for everybody. So, um, and also. What's so funny that a day later Coach Hagens called you with Coach Benahal? Because I don't know if you know this story, but they wasn't prepared to retain Coach Hagens. They were just giving him an extra interview. And he once he talked to Biscuit, he fell in love with him and kept him on staff. So that I wonder if Biscuit wasn't around, how would that play a role with you because of the relationship you built with, with Coach Hagens? Yeah, yeah. That, that was another thought process I had. Um just because of how tight Coach Higgins and I are and, you know, how much him being around and during that process meant to me. So it, it just came down to, to where Coach Higgins ended up at, um, where Coach Higgins ended up at, how an additional visit at UVA with the new staff, how that went, um, sitting down with my parents, you know, talking it over. It, it definitely would have been a hard conversation and a hard decision, but, you know, luckily, we have to go through that. So that, that's what it, it would have come down to if it got to that point. Yeah. So I always ask guys who play receiver this question because I remember when I came in from high school to college, what was the biggest adjustment those first couple of weeks of practice for you as a receiver? What was, like, the one thing you was like, oh, man, I'm behind in this area? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, like, just – routes in general everybody was fast yeah you know i wasn't like i'm in my high school i just run past anybody everybody whatever at the top of the route whatever <laughs> at the line but i mean everybody everybody was big everybody was fast i'll take you back to my first one-on-one i'm in a slot with uh with wahi remember remember wahi yep wahi yeah i remember wahi <laughs> I'm, I'm in a slot with him 
Um, I'm just chilling. I think I was about to, I was about to run a dig, like a ten yard dig or something. I'm just chilling, man. I got my hand on my side, looking at the ball, not scanning anything. <laughs> they, they, oh man, they they hype the ball. Bro drives me like five yards back, and I just turn around and look at Coach Higgins, and he just shakes his head. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I knew from that day forward, um, you know, being physical and you know just just being. Being clean, running was going. What it was going to take to be a better receiver. I mean, because you, when you came in, you going up against a guy like like Quinn Blandon is a you know big time name. When I came in, Anthony Poindexter was a big time name. They also had uh, Burnham. They had Dwayne Stukes and Antoine Hurst. So when I came in, I was just enamored by like how I just couldn't run straight up the field and pass everybody no more. Like, right. and then they tried to teach me how to stem. And I don't like the fans may not know what we're talking about, but you know, trying to stem a DB is you're trying to influence them to either widen out or just create help you create more room for your route, whether you're going inside or outside. So if the rec- right. if the DB is outside of you and you're lined up inside, your stem what, what what we mean by stem is you run towards the defensive back to try to square them up and get them to widen out so you could come back in and create space. Well, I didn't know how to stem at all. So when they tried to teach me how to stem, I would lean my shoulder and my head towards the DB, but I'd still be running straight, if that makes oh, sense. <laughs> so I'd be running like crooked. Oh, my routes was trash. All I ran in yeah. high school was nine routes and bang eights. That's it. Oh, man. It's definitely not something that, that's going to happen overnight. <clears throat> um, and that that's one thing I learned, too. Is yo in between classes, after classes, after meetings, like I got to be outside working on, on this stuff. And the one thing that Coach Higgins really, really taught me is just how much of it starts at the line of scrimmage. I mean, when I did extra work with Coach Higgins, we we literally do like stands and starts mm-hmm. before, before practice. You know, I'm talking like 50 reps, and it's just so important. Of it's it's levels to it, you know. You got you got to get one thing right before you move on to the next thing. Yeah, you know that's, that's one thing I've, I've learned over the years. It could, uh, eliminate that false step, like you never realize how much you false step at the snap. Yeah, so you go back and look at it. Mm-hmm. So, as you go through camp, man, and, and you get to the first game, what was the feeling when you realized you was going to be the top kick return guy? And you know what was that like returning kicks in college? Man, yeah, that, that's always been the, the best part. Like, I love returning kicks. It's just, it's so fun to me. Um, you know, I feel like special teams a lot of times is just so pure and it's a big part of the game. So, actually, my, see, my first game we played Richmond, mm-hmm. um, Smoke, Smoke was back there the first couple times. But I think by the end of the game, he wasn't really rocking with it. So you know, I went up. To, I went up to coach. I'm like, yo, put me back there. Put me back there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, I, got, I got back there one time, man. You know, my heart, heart beat. I'm looking around. And this is even back. We we didn't really have a lot of a lot of fans out there. But I'm just like, dang. Like compared to Randolph Henry, you know, this is a lot of eyes on me right now. Yeah. So man, it was definitely definitely a dope adrenaline rush. Unfortunately, it was a touchback. Um, but I did get one. They would get one against Oregon. That that next week, but yeah, just just kick return. It is it is so so dear to my heart, yo. 
Yo, I remember, you know, first seeing you return kicks, and I remember looking at Tony. I was like, "Cuz, we got a damn crash dummy back there. Like, all homie doing is running full speed and trying to run somebody over because I was so used to the, the jitterbugs back there. But you were, like, a bigger receiver, and you were just running, like, straight up with your, your chest exposed, but you was, like, running through dudes. And I was like, yo, do, do homie got any moves? Like, he fast, but... He got to give himself, and Cub was like, hey, Hawk, I don't know if you're paying attention, but look how much he averaged in the kick return. I'm just like, oh, yeah, he could do that all he wants to. He's giving us 25 to 30 a touch. Do what you do. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's the one thing I learned about kick return, too, is, man, you just got to trust it. Mm. Like, that is, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be dangerous. So my mindset is, you know, I'm, I'm just going to run. Cause I'm not about to, you know, try to juke here, juke there, and then somebody come hit me in the in the ear hole. Yeah. Um, so now I, I just trust the scheme, uh, trust the coaching, I trust the guys in front of me blocking. You know, I'm, I'm gonna just go. Uh, Coach Higgins always joked around. He, he told me to treat it like a portal, and I'm I'm running for that for my life in mm. that portal. Yeah. Damn. So that that's just my my whole mindset, man. Just catch that that thing bounce. Yo, that makes sense. Like. You, what you just said makes sense to just your mentality, how you return kicks, man, because you definitely, I will say this, and this is a huge shout out to you, you definitely trust the kickoff return play call and your teammates because you literally will go 100 mile an hour where you're supposed to go. And it was a couple times your first two years where somebody was coming i'm like oh he like he don't see him but you so like you're so you're a bigger size guy that they would just bounce off of you because like you said you're hitting it hard but i know if you was a guy looking for a crease you would probably get smacked in the air hole like you said so it makes yeah. sense man that's i mean my whole thing is like i feel like i feel like it's my it's my responsibility to break more at least one you mm -hmm. know two tackles per return um, you know, it, it's not gonna always be clean. It's always gonna be somebody there. But if I can make a couple guys miss, and, you know, and I know the guys in front of me, that's that's the thing that I loved about you know my career at Virginia too, which is how much pride the guys took in, in blocking. Mm. Um, you know, I got probably all if not you know a lot of the praise, but you know, just sitting in film, I'm like, yo, these guys are like really putting their their lives out there for me. And, you know, I always let them know how appreciative I was for them. But because, you know, not not many people want to do that, but they took it upon themselves. And, you know, we were all dogs at whatever we were doing. And I think, you know, that just that just goes to just the cohesiveness of the of the kickoff return unit and the trust factor, as you were saying, because when when somebody watches you hit the hole they understand that you trust that they're going to do their job so they're taking pride amongst themselves like you know what dog just give joe a second because we know he's going to hit it and when he hit it it's going to be a huge reward so i think that's just a testament to the brothers just um believing in your ability and then you believing in their ability to you know execute their job so um you know as we look at your freshman year you know you were top 25 in the nation and kickoff returns and you then you followed it up. Um, you was number two in the ACC and number nine in the nation and um, kickoff return average. But what was the difference? What what went off when Coach B got here? Like, what was the biggest difference once he became the special <laughs> team coach? Yo, just his overall energy and his organization, just how organized he was, 
how he started it, ended in meetings. And, he, yo, he, Coach B is literally the same dude every single day. Like, you know exactly what you're going to get out of Coach B. You're never going to wake up like, oh, Coach B is like this today. I hope you... Like, he, he is the same. He wakes up every day, and he's the exact same person. Mm. And just the energy that he, that he brings to um, special teams is unmatched. Oh, the schemes. Oh, I don't know where he comes up with these schemes. Oh, he, he's brilliant <laughs> when it comes to these schemes. Even on the other phases, I mean, punt, power and turn, all this. But he was he was definitely a, a great a great add to the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when he got, when he got hired, he did me, DM me on Twitter. And, you know, we were just talking about all the great things we were going to do. And, you know, he, he was saying some stuff. I'm like, uh, you know, we're going to be good. But, you know, he, he really expecting a lot. But, you know, he meant everything he said. And we got to it. I mean, you know, you look at it once he got here, you averaged 27.2 yards returning. Uh, 2018 and this year you averaged 33.2 which was tops in the nation and uh, you basically Devin Hester I don't know why dudes kept kicking it to you but we me and Coach B had a you know we got our own little ritual we do before every game I used to always jokingly say yo you think they gonna kick it to Joe and he used to look at me he'd be like if they do they gonna pay and you know I used to sit back and I used to be like yo why they keep kicking it to Joe and then you know a part of me is like Okay, Joe is not a flashy runner. So, if you're the kickoff unit, you're like, man, he ain't that special. But you're one of the dudes that, unless they see you in person, they can't appreciate how special you are returning because there's no special effects with you. It's like straight up and down, you're going to go. Like you said, you're going to hit that right. portal. You feel me? And, and even your personality, I just be like, hey, dog, what you going to give me? Like, hey, dog, I'm just going to try to, I'm trying to get it today. Every time we talk, you're like, hey, I'm going to try to, I'm trying to get it today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you were yeah, I, you basically are and the fans don't know this so I'm gonna get, I'm gonna share them some little insight info. I always called Joe Terrell Owens like T.O. but without the team obliterator tag to him he to me you are Terrell Owens so when T.O. was first coming out of college and going to San Francisco when he was learning under Jerry you remind me of that T.O. because of how hungry you are and how humble you are and how much you work on your craft so we talked about kickoff but as a receiver the steps you took into making yourself one of the better receivers in the ACC and I think I got an idea when the light bulb went off so let me see if I could be Negro Domus right now I want to say starting the Georgia Tech game last year when, when Bryce went out and 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 young young lucky lefty hit you with the little quick route, and you took it up yeah. the sideline. And then you fast forward to the uh, the Virginia Tech game when you got busy against them as well. I think that was when you realized, like, yeah, I could get it done playing receiver too. It could have been before <clears throat> that, but me personally, I felt like that's when everybody saw, like, oh, we got us one with two playing receiver also. Yeah, and it, it was definitely it was actually a week before that. Um, it was definitely that time period. That's when we played Liberty. I think I scored three, three that game. Ooh, look at you. Um, okay, yeah. talk to me nice then. <laughs> that week, I, I just had my, my first couple of years, and even even like the beginning of that year, I just had like a tendency. I've just always been hard on myself. You know, want everything to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't want to mess up. But I, I just I really used that week, you know, just to talk to myself and you know just. just have fun playing the game. Get back to having fun. I always told myself, you know, just do what you did in high school. Have fun. Play the game. If, if you mess up, oh well. 
because I knew in high school I messed up who, who was going to take my spot. You know, I'd still be out there the next play. So, you know, I think when I got to college, a lot of it was just I didn't want to mess up. So I used that, that Liberty Week just to, you know, have a positive mindset and, and just to relax and play ball. And you're right, just the next couple of weeks, that's exactly what I did. Just went out there started having fun again. I mean, the one-headed catch you had versus Virginia Tech was like the icing on the cake. That was like a, yo, get off me. Let me get that. Man, that ah, oh, that game there. But yeah, you're right. That that catch, I needed that one. Um, my original plan was this: I was gonna try to go up and, and get over his head, but I think he he had my arm. He had your left arm. He looking lean technique. That's obviously trying to teach Bryce and and Nick. That's a little cheat code, you know. As long as you looking lean, you can hook that inside arm, and the ref usually can't see it, but. Uh, I mean, he did it. Yeah, but, I don't but think he they forget- called anything on that. No, they didn't. Like most of the time, they they don't call it because they just see they look at the, the DB's head. Like long as long as we're looking back, they don't see that we're holding your inside hand. Like they never see it. Okay. Yeah. He definitely he definitely did that because I couldn't get that hand up. I'm just like I'm just have to over shoulder this one. One of them things and yeah, you plucked that. Came, came down with it. So, but yeah, that's you're right. Man. That's that's the time when I just started loosening up and just having fun with the game. And then, you know, you come, in, come into the season. Um, offensively, you guys were like, you know, up and down. But it seemed after that Louisville game, once you saw, like, you know, of course, B. Hall went down versus Miami, then and Brenton went down. Going to the Duke game, the defense got, got you know, created short fields for you guys. You guys still made plays. You know, you still returning kicks for touchdowns and stuff. But what went on the week the North Carolina week like offensively because y'all exploded from that point on like was there like a come to Jesus meeting of players only like look man defense beat up <laughs> offensively we got to step up like what took place yo you 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 definitely have a football mind what exactly <laughs> would happen so I remember oh so this is the this is the Sunday Sunday before that game Bryce and I were at the crib talking uh you know watching NFL football Bryce Perkins or Hall? Bryce Perkins. Okay. So we're just like, uh, like, what are we going to do? And Perk was like, you know what? I'm going to call an offensive meeting. I'm not going to tell the coaches. I'm not going to tell the defense. It's just going to be offense. And so Perk talked to us the next day. He he talked to us for about 25, 30 30 minutes. Um, Between that and, you know, our coaches kind of started using him a little bit more. We just kind of took off. Yeah. that was probably one of the funnest games of my career too. You know, just being there. Oh, it was definitely fun. You know, calling the game from the box with with Dave. Um, I filled in for Tony, so I wasn't on the sideline. That was one of the game I wish I was on the sideline, being sideline reporter, because it was so many times I wanted to just jump in. You know me. If I'm on the sideline, I'm celebrating with y'all getting in trouble. Like back up, you got you you too close. But yeah, you know, it's just it's just one of the things where. It, you know, it's funny how the football guys work out, and it's funny how when you got true leadership on a team, how it works out. Because this wasn't me just, you know, just talking and not not sharing inside information, and then making it seem like I'm guessing. Like I never knew Perk called that. I just figured like something had to go on because you could just see how everybody responded to, like when the, when the defense gave up big plays, it wasn't no. Like here we go again. It was like, yo, we're gonna keep doing what we do. Like it was a yeah. shootout. So for the longest time, we kinda we kinda depended on the defense, you know, to keep the momentum, made the big plays. And you know, naturally when, when B Hall went down, it was 
it was kind of just a just a switch and that was the, the biggest conclusion that we came to it was like all right well you know it's 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 the offense's time to make big plays to keep the momentum you know long drives and that was really just our mindset um so we, we knew we still had a had a good defense a very solid defense but at the same time you know as the offense we had to make bigger plays and put up bigger numbers yeah y'all definitely put up big numbers man and, and the thing i liked about you guys as a unit you know it started up front so everybody was coming at the offensive line and i like that they held themselves accountable coach 2j got them back in the lab and they responded well um it definitely helped that bryce got healthier it definitely helped that that brendan got healthy was available so coach could really open up the playbook with like a sense of ease because if worst case scenario took place and perk really got banged up then brendan was there as well um but I know people talk about it, but we got to talk about it again. As a unit, you guys probably had the best receiving core performance that I could think of for a UVA unit as far as, like, not dropping balls. Like, what what like, what like, did y'all work on for everybody's hands to be sticky like that? Like, everybody was making tough catches. Yeah, man. Oh, jugs, tennis balls, oh. We, we used to get, and during the summer, we used to get so creative with the jugs, you know, because the, the jugs are efficient, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it, you can just get caught up and just go on with the motions with the jugs. So we started putting bags in front of us. We started actually defending each other while the jugs were coming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, getting physical, you know, pulling, tugging, pulling hands down, uh, just creating a tough environment to make catches. You know, that's something Coach Higgins always told us. You know, we only get a certain amount of time with the coaches. So yeah. he, would, he would have to just give us ideas. And at the end of the day, it was up to us to go outside and do it. But, you know, that, that was one thing Coach Higgins. This episode is brought to you by Carvana. Carvana is in the business of driving you happy. And with the widest selection of used cars under $20,000, you're bound to find a car that will put a smile on your face. They even offer customizable financing so you can plan your down and monthly payments. To shop thousands of affordable vehicles 100% online, download the app or visit Carvana.com. Availability may vary by market. Um, told us was, you know, we're outside getting catches. Make it realistic. You know, don't don't just throw the ball perfect every time. Make 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 it tougher for everybody else. So, I mean, that was something we took upon ourselves as a group. We would go, you know, four people a group depending on class sizes. Um, we took pride in catching the ball. No, definitely. I mean, I saw, you know, y'all workouts, a couple of y'all workouts firsthand when I started working with Bryson and Nick and Chris and, and uh, Heskin and Clay. Well, working with the DBs, I got to see you guys working with Bryce. And as I continue to see you guys work out, I understood, like, it were times where Bryce would throw the ball and you guys wouldn't even be at your break yet. But it made me rewind and go back to seeing you guys in the indoor facility, how you guys would know what spot to go to. And he knew how to throw the ball to each receiver, whether he gave you a lot of air or he put it on his seats or he led uh, Jana, you know, he just knew from the work that he put in in the off season, like how to throw the ball to each one of you guys. And I think that's just something that, you know, people don't realize like that to be on the same accord it's just as important as a receiver finishing because if a receiver understands the vicinity in which the ball is going to be in, 
like you said, your jugs is going to help you finish, but Bryce's ability to be on the same plane as you guys make makes it easier as well. Oh, no doubt. Uh, chemistry is everything. And, you know, we had we had good chemistry my third year well, when Perk first got there. But, sure, the off season after my third season going into my fourth season, it just took off. You know, uh, we just – it just seemed like the – the offense as a whole, we were just, just mature. Um, and I think that comes from just the seasons that we've had, you know, the, um, the L's we took, mm-hmm. people getting hurt, just the stuff that we've learned. But, you know, we're in there watching film with Perk. Like you said, we on the we're on the board, we're outside, and everything just translated um, to the game like we thought it would. So, you know, um, chemistry, that was definitely what helped us a lot this year. So, like, moving on, like, oh, I know I got a fun question. So, people always say Coach and I doesn't run the ball a lot. As a receiver, do you enjoy that? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I do enjoy that. Um, but, you know, we, we, I think we ran, a, we ran a ball a fair amount this year, if I'm not mistaken. But... Uh, yeah, I, I do like the way Coach and I just want to sling it around a little bit for us. See, that's what I'm saying. And, and I will say this. Y'all block just as good as y'all catch passes, too. I will say that. Yeah, that's another thing we took pride in was blocking. I know in camp, uh, you know, missing blocks, you know, it would be some kind of some kind of accountability after practice. So, you know, one thing we, we did know is we had to finish finish those blocks. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of finishing, so we look at your 2019 season, and we're going to go through your awards. All right, Joe? So bear with me. You got a lot of You were the Jet Award winner. You remember I texted you and told you you were that? Yeah, I remember that. So that's big. The the, the best returner in the country. You was a Walter Camp All-American, first-team kick returner, the FWAA All-American kick returner, first-team. CBS Sports All-American Kick Return First Team, Phil Steele All-American First Team, Athlon Sports All-American First Team Kick Return, the Bleacher Report Kick Return First Team, SI got you on the second team. I don't know what the hell they were looking at. USA Today <laughs> All-American Second Team. I don't know what the hell they looking at. Um, all ACC All Purpose, All ACC Specialist First Team, Touchdown Club of Richmond Specialist of the Year. Um, Bro, for you to be on a preseason All-American watch list and for you to finish what you started as far as they put you on the list and you remain there, I mean, how, how does that feel, man? You know, your dream was to come to UVA. Um, you were a guy that uh, that that lobbied to be, as a, be a kick returner early in your career. And looking back, you are the greatest kick returner in UVA history, bro. How does that feel? Yeah, I got a I got a shout out Lauren Higgins on this one. Oh, let's <laughs> yeah, go, fam. So she was. I remember she used to get on me about my goals. I would make goals for myself, but it's like she she knew I was capable of so much more. I remember my second year, I, I made my goals, and I didn't have anything on there about uh, taking the touchdown back as a kick. And she got on me, and she was like, you know, write this down, uh, make your goals bigger. So, you know, over the years, she really, she really helped me, you know, raise the bar for myself. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I went in, I went in this year actually, and I told myself, you know, 
I, I will be an All-American. I'm not going for anything other than that. And uh, that's what I put my, my mind to. And that's what I did. Because I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer in finding something you're good at. Just try to be the best at it. See, Lauren had you practicing speak it, believe it, receive it. And a lot of times um, as athletes, we get so caught up in the worldview of being cocky and conceited. But you have to put those uncomfortable goals up there that's going to really make you work. Because I always I always believe that if you set a goal, like you just said, like an All-American, I'm going to return this many kicks for a touchdown. If you're striving to achieve those goals, you're pretty much also helping your team be successful as well in my opinion you know so you know shout out shout out to lauren man lauren is definitely what i call a mind freak she'll make sure that your mind is right because in sports man your mind can take over i don't know many times i don't know how many times this has happened to you but used to happen to me have you ever lined up and said and you knew the ball was coming to you and you'd be like man i better not drop this ball and you usually drop it has that ever happened to you? <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, the mind, and that was my problem. That's what I was telling you. That was my problem my first couple of years. You know, my mind, my mind was just taking over, and it was just slowing me down. You know, and, and you're right. You got, you just gotta be free. So when you, so when you would, oh, another thing. So when you return the kicks, right? You didn't return every single one to the crib, but what was the talk like if somebody? Stopped you for like 20 yards in return Were they like Yeah ain't gonna be the day Joe Reed You ain't gonna run back One on us today Like any Any oh, type of challenge Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I heard I heard it all man And Man for real I think I think Teams kickoff um, Kickoff coverage Was Was more important That week than You know Getting ready for offense Or defense Oh absolutely um, I'm actually down here Training with a guy From Clemson and I didn't play that game, but he said, like, all week, you know, they were going to do everything in their power not to let me get the rock. I mean, they had, like, 11 defensive starters out there for me. So, yeah, if I if I have a, a good return, I, I definitely wouldn't hear the end of that. I mean, so looking at the Orange, but looking at the Florida game, the bowl game, the com- the commentator was, like, one time you caught in the middle of the end zone and you took a knee, and they were mad. They were like, he's the one guy that no matter where he catches it, should be able to bring it out. Like, that says something when a kickoff return guy is box office. Like, a lot of people don't pay attention to the kickoff because they, like, just kneel it and let's line up. But you're one of the few guys that when it came to – if if a team scored on us, people were excited because they like, oh, we get to see Joe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a distant yeah. defense, but it was, it was like – It was a win-lose, huh? Yeah, it was a win-lose. like, yo, damn, they scored on us. Oh. They got to kick it to Joe. They done messed up. They Like, they tell their offenses, yo, if I was you, I wouldn't score against UV because you're going to have to <laughs> kick it to Joe. <laughs> uh. So, man, last couple minutes, man, I want to transition to the show. You know, it's time. You're preparing for the show. First of all, what was it like being courted by different agents? What was that like? How... How, how did you respond to to guys having your phone number that you didn't know? Yeah, man, that was a, that was another thing, man. It just came at a weird time, you know, like the end of the summer, beginning of the season, <clears throat> and I'm like, I'm sitting here like I'm just trying to play ball, um, have a great season, worry about worry about what's coming up next, and, and that was my message to them. I'm like, thank you for reaching out, but I'm not really focused on that right now. 
when then I look up, I look up, and it's like October. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, ha! Huh? That's a, that's another another piece that you know that Lauren really helped me with because I had I had no idea about the process. You know, I, I had talked to Juan and O a little bit, but you know, it's different when it's when it's actually um, happening to you. Yeah. So you know, she she sat down with me with some people. Um, it wasn't too too terrible. I narrowed it down to about three people. You know, just just off of vibes and I, I can tell you know um and i think i had a guy middle of, middle of november mm-hmm. so i would say it was about a month month and a, no more than a month and a half process for me so um, I'm, i made it you know just just like coming out of high school um, you made it early committing to a college yeah <laughs> i just went ahead and, and knocked it out man no need in sitting around you know playing games so who'd you end up uh who, who's representing you now who'd you end up so I'm with, I'm with a man named John Persley. He's with Sports Stars out of New York City, and he he's representing Juan too. Nice. So, yeah. So I mean, I I've been talking to Juan before, and and you know Juan couldn't say anything bad about him. And um, I said, so he he actually flew down. He flew down one day to see me, and you know I knew from then I was like, yeah, this this is probably best fit. And I haven't had any regrets since. He's been good to me. That's what's up, man. So. Currently, um, you say you in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, I'm in Fort Lauderdale and, right and now. And what's training. the workout facility that you're training training at? It's called, it's called XPE. Um, under a man named named Matt Gates. <laughs> Matt Gates XPE. So, you know, I know you down there with Hasis, correct? You down there with Hasis? Yeah, I am. Yep, yeah, we're down here together. Is there any more <laughs> Cavaliers or just you two guys? It's just us down here. All right, because I remember last year. Um, Alameda, Tim, Chris, and Jordan. Yeah. Were, yeah, they were all training together. I think they were up in Pennsylvania. So yeah, they were at Grosetti. Yeah. So so you and Hasis, oh, and Hasis gonna be on the show later this week. So salute to Hasis and uh, Hasis be bullying me for for more shut the hell up juice gear. So that package is on the way. So <laughs> you know I don't want Paw Patrol to come after me. You know. Oh man. <laughs> They, oh, has he had you watch any Paw Patrol? But we were uh, we were somewhere. We were in the store. Something it was a Paw Patrol puppet. He man went crazy. He went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, bro, relax. Yo, he's hey dog. He's serious about it. Like no joke. Serious. Nah, he yeah, he really he really watches Paw Patrol like. Yo, something, something wrong with him, man. You can't you can't be a bully and watching little cartoons like that. It don't make man, sense. Man, hot seats is a he a big kid until he put that helmet on. <laughs> that boy gets superhuman powers when he put his helmet yeah, on. Yeah, I, I have never seen somebody switch up like like Hans does when it's time to play ball. But you know, I, I like it. Yeah, and, and that's why I wanted. Oh, I'm glad you talked about Hasis because personality. You know who I think about when you first got the UVA that was in that. In that meeting room with you, that was the biggest was personality ever. Who was a big personality when you got the UVA that played receiver? I only have to say oh, his name. Oh, uh, uh, gotta be Donnie. There you go. How was it just watching him <laughs> and listening to him? Yeah, Don. <laughs> it kind of took me a couple of weeks to figure Donnie out. Honestly, I'm like, all right, like, do I take this dude seriously or is he? Cause he's, a, he's another guy He would just switch up Once you got between those lines um, Angry You know Joking around He would joke around in meetings Before practice But 
when practice started, man, he was the main one out there competing. So he was he was definitely a unique unique teammate to have, and you know he he told me a lot as well. How long did it take for for Quinn to try to chin check you when you got the UVA? <laughs> uh, that that ain't that ain't take long either. Yeah, so, I'm out. Shoot, my my first week or two at UVA, I learned a whole lot of stuff. So. Yeah, Quinn is different. That's why me and Quinn talk almost daily because he he's like me. Like we we joke the same way, and I swear up and down he's like my age, even though he's not. Because we watch the same shows, same movies. Like his Instagram stories, he could put up a movie. He'd be like, "Who is this?" And he'd be like, "Hawk, don't answer that because I know you know the answer." But <laughs> you talk about somebody who is a personality on the field. All he do is talk, talk, talk. That's it. I mean, even I remember Quinn used to talk. We uh, we doing winter conditioning, summer conditioning. Uh, I remember the guys were the DBs were, were pushing a sled, and they were competing. And, and somebody somebody beat Quinn in the sled push, and Quinn was like, "Put a, a real body in front of him." I'm like, "Wow." Mm. <laughs> hey man, something wrong with him? You man. got a, you got a point. <laughs> <laughs> you got a point. Hey man, so so. What's the most trash you ever said on the field? Cause you're so you're based to me, you're the worst type of trash talker. You and Bryce. And it's funny I got y'all back to back. So I tell Bryce all the time, because we talk a lot and y- y'all know I like to talk trash, have fun. And he's not like that. So I used to always get him to try to talk trash, but he just yeah. smiles. And looking at your demeanor on the field, I was just like, so if I'm playing against Joe, I'm gonna try to talk trash to Joe. And knowing Joe, you're just going to look at me and smile and be like, I'm going to be here all day. What's your comeback? Probably like, I'm going to be here all day. It, I don't even say that for real. So <laughs> I remember we were playing Florida State this year. So the, the returners and the specials run out. And I probably ran to about the, the 45, start catching. I mean, these dudes are talking crazy. I have never heard anybody talk to another grown man the way them boys are talking. They call did they call you a PAN? I'm we're not gonna curse, but PAN. Oh, so the yo, female I heard, I heard I heard it all. So you, yeah, you they call getting, you the pan then. That's their favorite word yeah, in Florida. So I'm, for the, I'm getting nothing. I'm like, all right, bet. I'm like, all right, this game, this game about to be like that. Um so that game, I was I was I was saying stuff here and there that game. Um, especially after my long run, I think yep. I said something. But <laughs> oh, you yeah, said oh, oh, time out. You can't gloss over that. You said you said something. Yeah, I can't remember what I said, but what? I was. Did you black out that you don't remember? Yeah, a lot of times, like, I, like even when I when I do stuff on the field, I don't even remember doing it. <laughs> it just be happening. Now I do remember. Uh, was it Liberty? You took the kickback. I did take one against. You against were talking. Liberty. You talk. You talk when you scored on that one. Did soon I? as you hit the yes, soon as you sit, hit the end zone, soon as you That's hit right. the end zone, you was like, "Ooh, boy, y'all better stop kicking oh, to me." I told y'all oh. don't kick it to me. I told you. I, I told you. That's all you kept saying. I told you. I told them. They don't want to listen. Hey, oh, the Tech game in Blacksburg, my first touchdown. Oh yeah, yeah. I just no, I definitely let them hear it. I definitely. And let that's them Tech, hear it. so you know we that that's gonna come out. Yeah, yeah. That's that's tech. That's gonna come out. So, you know, you talked about you got a couple more minutes. Well, you talked about rehabbing. What what did you focus on once you got to XPE? Like, what were some of the things that they changed up? As far did they change up? Like, you know, focus on your core, 
um, as far as your eating, did you cut out sugars? Like, what was the big adjustment to make sure your health was a priority? Yeah, so the biggest thing I've been doing is um, stretching. You know, I'm stretching. I actually just, just got stretched before we got on the phone. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm probably stretching like like three times a day. You know, that's and I could if I could I don't have many regrets in life, but if I could go back and do something differently from the time I started playing sports, is I would stretch every single day, and I can just feel the difference that it that it has on my body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and to match that with my eating, so we're on a meal plan. It's it's uh, three meals a day, and we get one cheat meal. Oh yeah, I saw y'all cheat day on Saturday. What y'all go eat fast? Y'all eat burger or something. Oh, we went to this place called Burger Fire. Oh man, you know Hasee's gonna cheat. You know he gonna cheat. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably, probably more than once a week. <laughs> <laughs> probably more, but nah. Yeah, it's uh, man. As far as you know, my body, I haven't felt this good in years. So mm. you know, def- definitely the stretching is what's getting me right. Did you lose any any weight with just the, the the different type of eating initially and gain it back, or you've been pretty much the same? I've been the same. I, my body, oh, it's kind of weird. I, my weight maintained. No matter what I eat or what I do, I'm always being the same yeah, weight you, range. You just piss a lot of people off when you said that. I just want to let you know. <laughs> you just piss people off. So Joe, one of them dudes that can eat like IHOP, a, a huge a, a full stack, and eat a bunch of candy. And still be the same weight two days I'll be later. The same weight, yeah, yeah, you piss a lot of people off. They probably turned the <laughs> podcast off. Like, the hell with Joe B. Oh, how'd you get the nickname Joe B? Where that come yeah, from? My mom, my mom gave me that nickname. Actually, I'm gonna ask her where she came. I've Tran- never you think, asked her you think she, she like Transformers and she saw Bumblebee and just said, "My baby Joe B." That might be it. I, I talked that I was two or three when she started calling me Joe B. Um, yeah, I'm gonna ask her. When go the phone, I'm gonna ask her what made her start calling me that. And what I do know, man, anytime I, I go on the Facebook group, you, you definitely got a huge following from your from your city, man. They definitely hold you down. Um, they definitely are proud of you. And I know they're going to be excited when I drop this uh, later today, man. Um, I want to give you the, pl- the give you the stage. It, you know, is there anything you want to say to the fan base, to the alum for the time that you were here at UVA? I mean, it's, it's on you, man. What, what would you like to say to the folks? Yeah, especially the fan base, man. I'm just so appreciative of, of everything. Um, I, I love my time at UVA. It's always going to be home. You know, it's it was just a place that I always wanted to go. And now I'm glad I can be a part of, of the UVA family. <clears throat> um, and, you know, just just keep the faith. Mm. I've, had a, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, who, who's going who's gonna to replace Bryce or... Who's gonna be the court man? Yo, BA is like that. Let me tell you, the boy, <laughs> Brennan Armstrong can run. He can throw, and he's smart. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I was just, man, just looking forward to this next season. Hey, they definitely gonna appreciate that endorsement because you know everybody is excited about Brennan. Um, of course, you know Bryce is a hard act to follow. It's the same way when Kurt left. You know, Kurt broke yeah. a lot of records, and nobody knew about Bryce. And um, look what Bryce did. So, you know, people should definitely be excited for Brendan. You know, I see him in practice. I see the type of balls that he throws. And the time he filled in for, for Bryce, what he's done. So, definitely, man. But you personally, man, I definitely appreciate, you know, all you've done for the university. Always being a stand-up guy. Always being the guy that um, receives information and, and takes it as a challenge. Doesn't take it as a diss. 
So that's always refreshing to me anytime I can just go up to somebody and just break bread with them and you know they use this yeah. motivation man so i'm definitely definitely proud of you um you get you got invited to the combine how does that I feel did. that uh yo that's honestly I, I still can't believe it for real man i just <laughs> i remember i remember sitting in front of the tv watching these dudes and just, just dreaming of being out there so you know when i got that when i got that news i got the email and that just pushed me to go even harder, you know, and it, it's right there for me. So so do you feel like you're going to do every exercise? Is that something you probably haven't even thought about yet, discussed yet? So, you, Oh, no, I'm, I'm doing everything. Oh, yeah. Look whatever whatever they that. got for me, I'm doing it. Like, I, don't have, I don't have room to be, you know, sitting out doing this. I don't, I'm there. And I know a fan, fan had wanted me to ask you a question. Um, is it like... Has anybody talked to you about possibly playing some running back as well in the NFL? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, played in the so I had the East West game mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and you know we had meetings with uh, scouts and coaches. And I had I would say six, seven teams asked me if, if I'd be willing to you know make a position change to running back. And my message to them was, you know, all my life, you know, I've been a football player. You know, one year I'm this, one year I'm that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't care. I just, I just love playing football. You know, I'll, I'll be the placeholder if you need me to. So, you know, I've, I've definitely had a couple teams ask about that position change. Yo, hold on. The, 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 the sports stars put you through, uh, uh, you know, interview one on one or something. Oh, yeah, for sure. I had a couple Facetime. FaceTime interviews and stuff. No, I mean, like, did they put you, they put you with a specialist on how to answer questions? Because you know that oh, question oh, right oh, there oh, was yeah, a so phenomenal. That. that was a phenomenal response right there you had for the scout. Like all no, jokes aside. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's the truth though. That's just how it is with me. Yo, but you know, do you re- like if I'm a scout, right? I'm from the Chiefs. I'm gonna use the Chiefs because I played the Chiefs, won the Chiefs, they won the Super Bowl. I'm with the Chiefs. I know you can return kicks. I know we got a lot of receivers, but I seen that you play some running back. I look at your high school film too. You play some running back. I'm like, hey, Joe Reed, what would you? How would you feel if we did a position change and you, you know, could play some running back? And then your response is, hey man, I'm a football player. Whatever you need me, I'm there. Do you know how ref- like how it, like that's refreshing right there? Because you're an all you're look. Let me say this to you one more time. You're all American. You feel me? Like most all Americans are not going to say, I'm a football player. I'll go where you need me to go. So keep that attitude, bro. Like for real, that's, that's, that's a from the, I call that from the mud mentality. Oh yeah. That's, man, that's, that's from the heart too. I mean that. Hey, you, what they say, you, I'm dead ass. <laughs> hey, speaking from, speaking from the mud, the reason why I know Joker appreciate that, that uh, type of lingo. Cause he be, what, what's that? You, what you do again? When? What's, when? What are you talking about? Can we talk about it on air? Is that you know what, what you what they do? What's the special? Would you be in in the mud with boots on and stuff? Oh, you talking about the frog gigging? <laughs> what's it called oh, again? Frog gigging. Frog gigging. Yeah. We, ain't gonna, we ain't gonna get locked up with nothing. Talk about frog gigging. Either. Nah, we good on that. That might be the first thing I do when I get back to VA. Oh no! See, we got to get off now. I am not talking about no more. <laughs> I don't know what he talk about. 
You did y'all see how excited he got? He's talking about, oh yeah, when I get back to VA, I'm definitely gonna <laughs> this dude has been in Miami with an Airbnb drinking strawberry uh virgin daiquiris, and then he in Fort Lauderdale with Hasis and Paw Patrol with cheat days, and all he could think about is I'm going. What is it? Frog gigging when I get back to VA. You can't frog gig down there? Like, frog gig, man. Take a seat to frog gig with his little Paw Patrol teddy bear. <laughs> I'm a frog egg down here. I might as well try to get some gators. Nah, never mind. I see. I forgot all about the gators. There, don't do it. We got it. We got to see you in the show. We we might as well. We might as well go that route with it. Nah, dog. You're going the wrong way. So look, that's how we go end the show. Shout out to frog egging. Um, when he get back home, ESPN. Y'all need to do a thirty for thirty right now. His frog egging right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Joe, man, I definitely appreciate your time, big homie, man. Much love to you, man. Always appreciate, you know, just your attitude in life, man. And and always keep smiling, bro. No, no matter what, keep that smile, man. For sure. Yo. Appreciate you always, man. Go who's My guy, Joe B in the building. And there you have it, Joe Reed, who's on the line. I'm Amar Hawkins. Make sure you go to sthujuice.com to get your shut the hell of juice of pearl go to amarhawkins.com for anything you missed this year for virginia sports or any of my podcasts they're all available at amarhawkins.com and also make sure you subscribe anchor itunes spotify anything anywhere that plays podcasts that's where we at holler at me on twitter at i am ballhawk and also on Instagram, I am Ballhawk. Sponsored by Aber Insurance, man. Service in the state of Virginia for over 20 years. Aber Insurance, a proud sponsor of the Ballhawk Show podcast. Wahoo wah, man. We I out. want the whole world spin my record. Shero, the hoodie styles, check game, stay free records. Ho! Shorty girl, fed the death in a massaging. Bad news, even be massaging. I got a fitted hip. I be massaging Pinky rings on my finger, I'm massaging I got a speedboat concert cause I massage I coming through about a whole kind of lodge I be massaging, I be massaged I'm coming through with Cadillacs and massaging Yeah, both subconsciously massaging I got GPS, I be massaging I catch coca fish cause I massaging I like a macaroni plate, I be massaging Even oodles and noodles, I be massaging Put out the ghetto Cause I'm a sergeant. I got ice around my neck cause I'm a sergeant. Or even gold teeth, I'm a sergeant. Or pinky ring iced out cause I'm a sergeant. I got a hundred million dollars, I be massaging. I got ten dollars, I be massaging. I got a thousand dollars, I be massaging. I got twenty two cents and be massaging. I take a penny and be massaging. I say a shorty girl fat, I be massaging. You're big too. I be massaging, I be massaging, I be massaging. I got a GPS stern with massaging. Whole shit road chain be massaging. I got a Uzi, I be massaging. I got a 12 gauge pump, I massage. I got a hundred thousand, I massage. Ain't broke, I be massaging. I stay paid, I be massaging. I stay late, I be massaging. I hit the poop all night, cause I'm massaging. She wanna come through loaded and massage. Whole team, we massage. Bad new posse constantly massage. Ain't no joke, I be massaging. Even the bacon and eggs, I be massaging. Huh? Polo shirts, Santo Adidas, I be massaging. I love you, sweetie cake. Spin my record, let me give you the game. 
on how to get rich Take a penny And flip a penny Then 40 billion Uh-huh, why? I be massaging What? Car steering wheel I be massaging The whole The whole label Of the state free records In the VA Oh! We be massaging Let's have a money shot Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.